When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Hi everyone, Anne-Marie back with you again with another fantastic guest to help you take your business to the next level. Let me ask you a question. Does the thought of marketing your small business send your head into a spin? Social media marketing, traditional marketing, publicity, promotions, you just don't know where to start and you're worried that with everything you've been told to do when it comes to marketing your business, it's going to cost you way more than you can afford. Well, you are in luck because while the topic of marketing your business may be something that confuses you, my guest today who is Ram, David Ramasiti. He loves marketing and in particular talking about marketing and he draws on over 30 years of hands-on experience. In fact, one director of a local small business development centre once introduced Dave to a workshop by saying, Dave is so positive and upbeat about the opportunities for small business that it could be raining manure and he'd be telling people to start mushroom farms. I absolutely love that. And on today's show, Dave is going to share why marketing is a small business's single most important activity that all businesses are marketing themselves, whether they know it or not, that marketing costs either time or money. And by being smart, you can do marketing on a do-it-yourself bootstrap budget and so much more. So welcome to the show, Dave. Thank you. Glad to be here. Uh, Look, so many people, as I said in the introduction, really get confused about marketing. So it's great to be able to tap into your expertise. And I know that you have written a number of books about, you know, small business. And so I'd love to hear a bit of a background. What motivated you to write your books for the small business market? Frustration. (laughs) Because as a marketing person, what I saw was many small businesses agonizing over the wrong things in terms of their marketing, or worse yet, because they were so overwhelmed and frightened by all the jargon that they actually didn't market at all or didn't consciously market. Mm. Because as you said, my belief is every business is marketing itself, whether it knows it or not. Yes, And of course, the real issue or the real choice for the small business owner is to be aware of that and therefore do it smart instead of doing it haphazard. Mm. 
I would love to hear your thoughts around why you think that for a small business, what they really, you know, their most important activity to be working on is marketing their business. And the reason I ask that is because if so many people are either doing it haphazardly or then they're thinking that they're not doing it all, they're really missing out. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on why you think it's the most important single activity that we should be working on. Sure. Be glad to. And I'm going to oversimplify greatly here Mm -hmm. in order to sort of reinforce my point. Too many businesses think, oh, I'm in the bicycle selling business. I'm in the environmental consulting business. I'm in the selling insurance business. What they fail to realize is all businesses, including theirs, is also a marketing organization. Because, and here's the basic for that, and this is not my idea, by the way. I got this from the business guru, Peter Drucker, who wrote about this over 50 years ago. Basically, Anna Marie, he said, every business exists to create a customer. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. And since marketing, marketing's sole job is to bring customers through the door, that's why A, every business is a marketing organization, B, they are marketing or need to market whether they know it or not. That makes sense? Uh, yeah, I love that. I love that. And it's so important to have that be reminded to us because so often we can get caught up in the day-to-day running of our business that, as we said, marketing can be one of those things that we forget to do or when we see that there's not many as many leads going in the door or coming in the door, it's like, oh, quick, we need to get out there and market. But one of the things that you say, and I'd love to hear a little bit more about this, you say that all businesses are marketing themselves whether they know it or not. So we need to be aware of this. So what are some of the things that you'd love to share around this particular area to remind us that, hey, even though you may think you're not marketing, in actual fact, you are? It's my belief, Anne-Marie, that virtually everything a business does that touches its customers, whatever other decision it might be in terms of some management area, is also a marketing decision. Mm-hmm. How you answer the phone is a marketing thing. It's a very small thing, but how many times have you been turned off by a business that answered the phone with a snippy kind of, this is Joe's, and you think, well, gosh, sorry to bother you. (laughs) I know. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Yeah. So how you decorate your business, what kinds of pictures you put on the wall, how you arrange the products in your store is all part of your marketing decisions, whatever other decisions they also might involve. You know, one of the things that you've said in there, and I think is one of the biggest areas that can let people down or businesses down, is that they they think, well, yes, our marketing, our flyers, our brochures, how we set up our store, all of those different things. And for people who are a, a virtual business, the website and so forth. But what they forget is that how we interact, how we communicate, how we respond to someone, whether it be via email or whether it be in person or even the things that we share on social media, all of this impacts positively and in some cases for some businesses negatively on a business reputation. And so it's such a great reminder, isn't it, Dave? Absolutely. Mm. I totally agree with that. Mm -hmm. Think about this. Yeah, sure. Think about this. Mm -hmm. Every business 
has a personality of some kind. Even the big, huge corporates have a personality. But this is especially true of small, local, more or less mom and pop type businesses. When people think of that business, they have an image of that business. Oh, they're the friendly folks. Oh, they're the folks that have more of whatever it is I'm looking for. And that's a key thing that a business needs to understand and be conscious of what personality am I projecting? Is it the one that I want to project? If not, then how can I change my approach so that I'm in fact telling people this is my personality? Mm, Absolutely. And I think even for smaller businesses, I was just having a conversation with a, with a guest previously. We were talking about personal branding and this is very, you know, relates very much to this topic that no matter what size business you are and how many people you have, and it may only be you and one other team member, it is so important to have that consistency. How are we going to deal with our clients? What are our core values and how are we going to express that when we're relating to a client or a prospective client? It needs to have that consistency. But and more importantly, we really need to identify what that is first so that we can share that with the people who are part of our business so they can continue to bring that out into the world as they're dealing with prospective clients and, and clients. I'd love to, to hear more of your thoughts on this. Okay. Well, I want to back up a little bit, go back to the books because you talked about them. Yes. The three books that I have out now basically try to talk about for small businesses, the basic things that they really need to be doing before they ever buy their first ad. Mm-hmm. Too many businesses say, oh, marketing, oh, I got to buy ads. Okay, well, I'll get in the TV guy and I'll get in the newspaper guy and we'll work up something and run it. And what they don't think about first is, well, should I be on TV? Because do my customers, in fact, watch TV? Mm -hmm. Or should I be in the newspaper? In fact, do my customers read the newspaper? So here is my, my basics. We've already talked about one of my basics which is to know yourself, Mm -hmm. know who you are, know what you want to say. The other thing you need to do is to know your customers because who those customers, who they are, if you're an existing business or who you want them to be, if you're a new business, really needs to govern, influence virtually every decision you make in terms of marketing, how you decorate your store, which media, you choose to be in or not to be in because they are the ones that will reach that group that is your identified customer group. So first, know your customers, then know your competition, know their weaknesses. Oh, well, I can identify plenty of those. Yeah, but what you really want to know is their strengths because those are why customers, including people who potentially could be your customers, are going to them. I mean, if they're in business, obviously they have some strengths. They've been around a while. Mm -hmm. You need to know who they are. First, know who your customer is. Second, know your competition. Then third, know yourself. If you can get those three basics down, then making marketing decisions like how I decorate my store, what kind of ads that I do on TV or not on TV, 
becomes a much simpler task mm. and isn't so confusing and overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. I love those key points and I know that you dive a lot deeper into those in, in, in each of the books, which is fabulous. And at the end of the show, we'll certainly let people know how they can get a copy of those. Dave, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, because you, you know, you've had, as we said, over 30 years of experience, hands-on experience. So in the last number of years, we now have what we know as social media. And that's brought in a whole lot of different ways that businesses now are marketing themselves and now building relationships. So with the growth of social media, do you think that traditional media marketing and, and how we're using marketing and towards the traditional. Do you think that that's dead now? No. Mm. No. Just look at your television set. Are there a dearth of ads? <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> look at the newspaper. Are there fewer ads than there used to be? Maybe, but there's still lots of those. Look at your Sunday paper. I, I love to pick it up and shake it and have all these inserts dropping out all over the place. So no traditional media aren't dead. Mm. Conversely, conversely, mm -hmm. going back to my thing before about knowing your customers and where they are. If your customers are on Facebook, then you better be there. If they're on Twitter, then you better be there. In addition to the traditional media that would reach them. Does it mean you may be spending less on those traditional media than and moving some over? Absolutely at least for some businesses, that would make sense. Mm. And of course, I absolutely today say, have a website, period, and end of discussion. Yes. You must have a website. If you don't have a website, you don't exist. Yes, very true. And so I would imagine, as, as you said there, that for some people who may have invested a sum of money in traditional media marketing, now they can balance that out and complement it with some social media strategies as, as well. But again, it depends on who the business is and, and where their ideal clients are uh, hanging out. So I'd love to hear your thoughts then on if, if some of the people who are listening today, and they, many of them are the solopreneurs or they've got a very small business who don't have a large amount of money that they can put towards marketing. So what would you say to them as some of the do-it-yourself, lower-cost marketing strategies that they can um, tap into? Okay. Well, and what I'm envisioning that we're talking about are solo operations. Yes. Usually that means some kind of consultant or web site designer and, and that sort of thing. Yes. A, number one, you get a name. Maybe it's your own name. Maybe it's some fancier name, but you at least get a name. After you've checked out the legalities of it, that somebody else isn't using it and so forth, then the next thing you do is you get a logo. Because logos are how people visualize business. It's how they remember them. And, you know, I, in my books, I love to talk about how long has Chevrolet been using the little bow tie? Over a hundred years. Mm. So logos are key. So you turn that name into a logo and you immediately print it on some business cards and you make up a basic brochure about yourself. Now, you may take it down to the local print shop and have a nice printed version, or you may just develop it on your own computer on, on uh, you know, Microsoft Publisher or something similar and print off copies yourself. That's fine. It's better to have a 
maybe slightly amateur brochure than to have none at all. Mm. And the next thing you do is you start handing those out, the cards and the brochures, to anybody and everybody who'll take one. All your friends, people you meet at your clubs that you're a member of, people in your church congregation, whatever. Because what you're trying to do is to simply get out there saying, hey, I'm here, I'm on this new business. And, and I'll just use as an example a lawn care. You're now doing people's lawns. Well, maybe your Aunt Matilda lives in a, a assisted living situation and doesn't need a, a, a lawn care. But guess what? She has a widow lady friend who are, is still in her own home and could very much use somebody to help her with lawn care and gardening. And so Aunt Matilda tells her friend Mary about you. And that's what you're trying to do mm. is to begin to build some word of mouth. Yes. Should you run ads? Maybe. But at this point, I'm not sure where. Certainly not in the newspaper because that's a shotgun effect. Mm-hmm. But for example, if it's lawn care, then look for organizations like lawn and garden clubs that might have a newsletter that you could then be in. And now you're reaching people who are actually interested in that area. Yes, yes. Love those ideas. And you know, one thing I think as many small businesses and solopreneurs, we can forget to reach out to the clients who already love us and know the quality of service that we provide and ask them, hey, you know, we've been working together for a while. Do you know anyone who may benefit from getting their lawns mowed or whatever kind of service that you're in? We don't really reach out to people for referrals. And I know myself, if I've been using a service provider who I'm really happy with, I'd be more than happy to to recommend them. And if I'm asked, absolutely, I'd be happy to to pass on the details. In your experience, do you see that that often is something that often is missed? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People who are interested in starting a business in a certain field, whether it's doing lawn care or whether it's being an environmental engineer consultant, chances are they've already been involved in that industry in some way previously. Mm-hmm. So they already have ideas or potential for who could be customers. And so the next thing you do after simply handing out all of these brochures, all these cards to anybody who'll take one, is you actually sit down and write a list of who could potentially be a customer and you go make a call on them. Maybe send them a letter first if you don't know them that well, or maybe call them up and say, hey, let's have lunch, let's have coffee. And, and this goes back to something you talked about earlier and it is a really big thing with me. Marketing either costs time or money. If you have the money, then you can pay a marketing person to do all this stuff. If you don't, then you devote the time yourself. Mm. Yes. Once someone starts to find that they're getting inquiries and these inquiries are then becoming clients and things seem to be ticking along really nicely, you know, information and, and, and so forth of, of potential clients and that's clicking along, even though that may be happening, businesses still need to have some form of marketing consistently going on because they don't want to look at marketing or view marketing as we only do this when we need to get more leads in 
in the door. What do you have to say about that? It needs to be some consistency. And if, if so, what would you say for a small business or a solopreneur? How much time do you recommend that they put aside every week to work on their business to do market, you know, to implement marketing strategies? Well, that's a terrible question because if I say 20%, everybody else grabs our heart and says, oh, my God, I, I have to run my business. How can I give 20% to marketing? Well, the irony, the irony of it is you probably already are mm. in a lot of ways. And that goes back to our earlier discussion about being conscious of the fact that you are marketing even if you didn't know. Yeah. So and and that was that was the point that, that I because to remind us that you know what, even if we think that we're not marketing, we are marketing and, and every single time. And also realize there may be certain things that we can be doing in our business, like going to a networking event or going to where we know our ideal clients are going to be so we want to be there as well. So I think absolutely great point. Sorry I interrupted you there. What were you going to say, Dave? Okay. I, what I, and I would reinforce what you just said, Anna-Marie, for the small, self-employed, one-owner shop of whatever type, networking is probably the number one best thing they could be doing mm. for trying to develop future clients. Being present where their customers or potential customers are. Yes. Yes. And such a great reminder. Because, and the reason why I ask that question is so often we'll get people that'll say, well, then how much time do I need to put aside to market my business? But it's kind of like, you know what? Everything that you do, you say where you show up, you're representing your business. You could be speaking to your potential client. Let me give you an example. This just happened this week, Dave. One customer unfortunately had a bad experience with a particular, and I won't name the name, but a particular service. They were in a clothing company and they obviously in their repeated requests didn't get a response from the company as to why the order was cancelled and, and what was happening. So the customer did what what many people do now. He took it to social media. And the response that the company gave was quite rude, in effect saying, well, I'm sure your idea, you know, your people who you are connected to, all 320 of them are not going to mind or something to that effect. That went viral. And I think in, in hindsight, that company probably would be having some, some words to the representative who who said this yeah. and it's such a, a reminder isn't it that in this day and age particularly when we are thinking about online and social media everything you say could potentially as we said impact positively but also negatively and we need to be mindful of what we do yes absolutely the internet is the most powerful word of mouth medium that has ever been invented it takes the ability of the individual to spread the word about their either positive experience with a business or negative experience with the business. It takes their ability to talk about that and spread it many, many fold beyond what it used to be. You know, the old axiom about, well, if a, a customer has a bad experience, they might tend to tell friends that tell, tell 10 friends. Well, now you can tell 10,000 friends. Mm. 
if you have a big following or as you say if it goes viral yes when i use that when i use that 20% figure let's expand on that just a little more if your business is, has a blog and you are posting it and you're responding to people's comments and people's thoughts to me that's not only blogging that's marketing if you're a member of rotary club and you give a 10 or 15 minute presentation about some new wrinkle of your industry or your new business that might be part of your rotary club but you're also marketing so that's why when i say 20% or more well a lot of the things businesses are already doing is marketing in some form or another again they just need to be aware of that mm, absolutely and i think too that once people are more aware that these activities are actually part of their marketing strategy they can become far more purposeful and leverage for instance how often may we write a really great article or a business writes a really great article but then they don't go and share it now they may go to a group of people who are struggling with what you've just written about so it's a great reminder for us to hey share if you got some form of expertise or you can really support people and if you've written a great article share it with with people you know and and I think that that's such a, a great reminder that are we repurposing things that we are already creating that could really be a, an incredible marketing and getting the word out there about our business absolutely mm. So Dave, I wonder in your experience because you've as we said had 30 years of hands-on experience. So you've seen a number of changes, I'm sure, changes, evolutions that are going for, across different markets. So what do you think's in future for small business today? Their relationship with their customers or potential customers will become increasingly one-on-one. Mm-hmm. As opposed to mass When I first got involved in marketing which was over 30 years ago all of the marketing people all of the, the advice was all about mass marketing thinking of the, the big group that you're getting to and part of the reason was because the methods that we had for getting to those people such as television such as direct mail were mass media to begin with what the internet and its associated applications like facebook like email like websites like twitter and so forth has done is make us much more able to have a one-on-one relationship with our customers or potential customers so, so clearly that's the direction it's going am i saying you should abandon your newspaper ads no not entirely not yet but certainly you need to be aware of how you can use websites or email marketing or facebook or those kinds of of applications to build relationships with customers mm. that's so important and you know the more people i speak to and and interview on the ambitious entrepreneur show and even the people that i you know relate to networking groups and so forth the networking events that is such a key point you know relationships need to come first i don't know about you dave but any time i get any brochure that comes in my mail or they they try and you know cover it in a in an envelope that they've tried to personalize it to me and then i know that it's some you know one of these mass marketing i don't even open the envelope it goes straight in the bin 
yeah, it, what you just say is so true. People are just not open to those sorts of things. We need to think relationship first, really getting to know our ideal clients and building a relationship with them. Yes? And the irony of this, uh, Anna-Marie, is this all could be fun. Yes. I mean, we're talking about relating to people like a friend on a one-on-one basis, whether it's meeting them at the local Rotary Club or it's, you know, meeting them in a Facebook page. So instead of seeing that as, oh, i got to do this because it's my marketing job, it's like, oh, boy, I get to sit down and, and talk with my friends about what I'm doing in my business. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think that's so true because if, even if you're writing an article or you're writing a post or you're creating a video or an audio that you're going to share, if you imagine that you are speaking or writing to one person and you know your ideal client so well, and when they read it or they hear it or they watch it, they really feel that you understand them and that you care about them and, you know, that you can provide a solution to what they're struggling with, they're much more likely to want to hang out in your community and, and find out more about you, yes? Absolutely. Mm. In my book, Anna-Marie, I, I use this anecdote as an example. Now, it goes back a long, long way, way back in the early part of the 1900s and like into the 30s and 40s, there was a sports writer in the United States named Red Smith. He was famous for his colorful descriptions of sporting events. And even though he worked for one particular newspaper, his articles were um, syndicated all over the country. So he was like the guru of sports writing. Well, somebody did an interview with him and they said, Come on, Red, how come you're so successful? What do you do that's different? He said, every time I sit down at a typewriter, I think that I'm sitting across the bar, talking with sports over a beer with a steel worker from Pittsburgh. Mm. In other words, he had absolutely fixed in his mind who his target customer was. And so when he sat down at the typewriter, he wasn't typing a story. He was actually talking to that friend of his, that beer-drinking steel worker about some sporting event. And that came through in his writing. Mm. So important. And so many small businesses will say, I'm trying to market. I've been doing all of this, you know, writing articles and networking, but nothing's working. And when you speak to them and say, well, who is your ideal client? Well, I don't have an ideal client. Anyone can use my product. Anyone can buy my widgets. And it's like, well, no wonder because they have not put relationship first. They have not identified their ideal client. They certainly haven't done the approach that this uh, awesome writer had done was to sit down and really speak as if one-to-one with their ideal client. And that is often what happens when you have a marketing message that is just too broad. And and what you're saying, that is really like mass marketing. It just doesn't work anymore, sure. does it? Yeah. Well, and and the trap they also tend to fall into, Anna Marie, is well, I need to sound professional. 
you know what that equals? Mm. More and yes, yes. You know, it, yeah, for sure. You know, years ago, I spent oh goodness, about eighteen years in the career industry. I was a career coach uh, previously, and when we were taught to write articles, it had to be you know executive, it had to be professional because we're targeting the CEOs and the high. But when I go back and read those articles, it's like oh my, I can't even read them anymore because, as you said, there's no personality. It's very dry and people just don't resonate with that. And so now I'm, it, it's a huge breath of fresh air for me because now I give myself permission when I'm writing to write as if I'm speaking, to imagine that someone's sitting across the table. But you're absolutely right. We really want to almost reach out to that person as if we were having this one-to-one so that they can get to know us. And because it's a promise of value, isn't it? It's a promise of the experience that we will create with them should they ch- choose to step forward and, and say, yes to working with us or buying our product, whatever that might be. Building on that Red Smith analogy, when I was writing my books, what I constantly tried to keep in mind is that I was sitting in a Starbucks across the table from a small business owner who had, and we were talking about marketing. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so it's a conversation. I try very hard for a conversational style Mm-hmm. I try to avoid jargon as much as possible. Sometimes I use it, but then I very quickly explain it and, you know, in layman's terms kind of thing. So, yeah, it's it, I definitely try to have a personality in the writing. Fantastic. So, Dave, we've mentioned a couple of times and we have promised to share with people how they can get a copy of your books and how they can reach out and, and connect with you. So what is the best way for them to do that? Go to Amazon Kindle. That is the format that they are currently available. Mm-hmm. The, the three books, there's three related books. The, the overarching title is The Three Marketing Absolutes. And then there's basically volume one, volume two, and volume three. Each one builds on the other one by talking about those basics that a small business really should have in place the things that they needed to have agonized over before they ever send out their first direct mail piece or before they even design their website. So it's the three marketing absolutes is the titles and it's David Ramacity is the author. Fantastic. And we will also put links and your name obviously is is spelt on the show notes. So if you want to pop over to our show notes and click through to those or find out more about Dave, go to www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES136 and you'll have all of those details there. Once again, thank you so much for coming on the show, Dave. It, It really has been a pleasure and being able to tap into your 30 plus years years of expertise in in marketing small businesses. Well, thank you for having me. As I'm sure you noticed, I love talking about marketing. So thank you for giving me a chance to do that once again. Fantastic. Thank you once again. 
there you go. Dave has shared some incredible strategies and ideas, giving you some great ideas on how you can start marketing, particularly if you're maybe just starting up your business. So um, what I want you to do is a couple of things. Firstly, why not write down on our show notes that you scroll down, there's an area for where you can put the comments. Let us know what is your aha today and what action step are you going to take today to implement some of the things that Dave had shared about. Also, make sure you click through onto his website, get a copy of his books because I'm sure they are, have got so many more different strategies and ideas on how you can market your business. As a reminder, as what Dave said, we are marketing ourselves whether we realize it or not. So you want to make sure that each communication, each touch point that your ideal client is um, relating to you is on brand and certainly portraying a positive message. For now, this is Anne-Marie. We'll catch you again next week. Bye for now. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.